Daily Drive is brought to you by eBay Motors. Auto dealers, are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated, they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. I'm Jamie Butters, Chief Content Officer at Automotive News. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, July 9, 2021. Technology is great when it works, but just maddening when it doesn't. For something like an app that can augment the car ownership experience, you can imagine that phrase with air quotes if you like, if it doesn't work easily, many owners will just carry on as if it didn't exist. That's a distressing scenario for automakers, which are counting on ongoing revenue from digital services to make their businesses more profitable and more consistently so. The way to a modern consumer's heart and mind is quite likely through his or her phone, and too often for automakers' taste, they are being kept off the phone entirely or left abandoned on some lonely, late screen, gathering digital cobwebs, Mike Ramsey at Gartner, the tech-focused business advisory firm, set out to analyze why some apps were successful and others weren't. The results were as logical as the phone in your face. We reached Mike Ramsey at his home office in Metro Detroit. Mike Ramsey, welcome to Daily Drive. Yeah, it's great to be here, Jamie. All right. So you conducted a survey of consumers and found that automotive uh, phone apps are either loved or hated. Uh, how did how did that come about, and and what did you find? Yeah, so um, I was actually looking for uh, information to give back to some of my clients about um, you know what what features did they value um, so that they could improve their apps, and I ended up not finding what I expected to find. You know what what we found was that consumers when they rated a um, a connected car app highly, they they actually rated it highly and had very general responses like great feature or great interface or um, good update. Very few descriptions about why they liked it, but it, but it makes a lot more sense that you got those general descriptions about why they liked it when you look at the reasons they didn't like it and. The analysis I did actually was going into the Apple store and the Google store and looking at one star and five star reviews and then essentially creating categories of why, you know, what their big complaint was. And then, you know, doing the statistics from that. And if you looked at why people didn't like the apps, it was because not because they didn't have features. It was because the apps just simply didn't work. I mean, that was the big problem. The apps failed. They, the apps crashed a lot. They uh, didn't work as advertised. Um, or they, a lot of times, they would have even removed features. So like they would update the app and all of a sudden an app that had worked on their car no longer um, worked or a feature that worked on their car no longer worked. So the lesson I think it was that I brought back to the car companies when I when I was giving this information back to them was before you think about just shoving more and more features into your connected vehicle and 
onto the apps, which a lot of times are the way that you actually control some of those features, you should just focus more on making sure that the apps and features that you have actually work. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's, it's the worst customer experience of modern times, right? Is uh, you, people like the idea of shopping online. They like the convenience or being able to use technology for, for anything, except when it doesn't work. And then it's so frustrating because you don't know what to do about it. It's like none of the buttons seem to offer you what they're supposed to. Um, so I guess, let me ask, I mean, aside from the lousy customer experience, what, uh, what are the, you know, which probably has implications for like satisfaction and loyalty, uh, but there's, there's more than that, right? It's because automakers are trying to evolve their business model and, uh, you know, earn more revenue for more of the time that the customer owns the vehicle. Uh, how's that? How's that supposed to work for automakers? Yeah, it, there's. It's such a. It's a hard concept to actually boil down. But I. I think that the mobile app, um, or that your phone is such an integral part of the connection between your car that might be sitting in your driveway, and the company, because that is that's the digital portal that most of us have that is going to be the live, always-on connection to. For General Motors, Volkswagen, BMW, you name the company, they all have connected vehicle apps. And those apps are increasingly the live view into your car, you know, and they are a tool that allows you to do things like turn your car on and turn your car off and turn on the air conditioning and um, even recover your vehicle if it's stolen. Your phone is the entry point into that. So if it's not done well, then literally all of these efforts about, you know, that you hear General Motors and Ford and other talking, others talking about that live consumer experience is going to be so important to their revenue model going forward is completely damaged because how else are you, you know, as a consumer really supposed to interact digitally with your car when you're not in it? And even when you're in it, you can't exactly interact with the car without you know, crashing, at least until all your cars are, you know, are autonomous. So I think that there's very big implications um, that they get this right. But pulling back into what Gartner has, you know, been doing research on is it's, it's almost an organizational problem for manufacturers because they're so set up around building a physical product that they sell that they, they don't even really have a way of dealing with this, you know, live services, customer service, um, response and update. And I think that that is really at the root of, of why these systems don't always work super well is that they, they're really designed, the companies are designed to build vehicles. We hear that all the time, right? Uh, you know, especially as, Consumers maybe indicate they want more of a direct uh, one-to-one relationship with, you know, the brand, uh, and that and the implication is kind of to cut out the dealer. But the dealers are retailers who are experts at talking to consumers, <laughs> and uh, and the automakers for all the smart people they have and uh, all the talent uh, that is not their area of expertise. And this is another area. Uh, more related to retailing than uh, than manufacturing, where their strengths are not well aligned, it seems like. 
You know, Jamie, you you actually hit on one of the most important things about the research note that this is attached to is, is a Gartner concept called total experience, right? And what it's supposed to encompass is how you should be looking at the user experience, which is just like the interface, the consumer experience, which is how you experience things offline and online, and um, and then the ex- employee experience as well. And where it comes to dealers, one of the big problems is that the dealers are our only real connection into most companies, but for connected vehicle applications and for the apps, they're, they're hamstrung. They can't really do very much about it. They can kind of teach you how to use the connected vehicle app, but if it doesn't work right, they can't do anything about it. You know. The company has to to make that fix. So one of the suggestions I would be making to the the car companies is that they be working more closely with the dealers on um, how to make the app better, how to be responsive to when things are going wrong, uh, in that they even have a help desk at dealers to you know manage some of these issues if they really want these connected services to work well. Yeah, that seems like a, I mean, it's, that makes a lot of sense, but it also seems like a, a real stretch or, you know, a real challenge because uh, that's just not the way it's always been done. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. And and you're going to see uneven response, you know, just like you do with a lot of things. I mean, some dealers would totally get it. Um, other dealers would say, hey, this isn't my job and I'm not really equipped to do this, right? And um, so when you said there's also, there's, there's barriers to communication and maybe like you said, you said, uh, different, different missions going on between, you know, manufacturers and dealers, but even within the automakers own operations, there are silos and, uh, you know, communication barriers, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's actually fundamentally the bigger issues. Mm-hmm. Who exactly runs the connected car app? You know, that's not a simple question to answer, by the way. I mean, who who's responsible for consumer experience inside of a car company? When I say consumer experience, I don't mean like how how well did their experience go when they bought a car at a dealership? I mean, the ongoing live experience of owning, you know, your car, really that job is not, it, it hasn't been pinned down in most car companies of who actually is on the hook for making sure I'm enjoying and using my car the way I in, I intended and that these services are being used well. Right now it's kind of bouncing around between, hey, the you know, chief software officer or uh, you know, you have the, these organizations popping up that are are designed to deliver new content into the vehicle. But it's not totally clear that they are also in charge of this experience, which would connect together engineering and connect together IT and sales and marketing. Um, so I actually think that this is a big, I mean, it is a problem because uh, until somebody is in charge of that, then things like the connected car app will always be kind of a hot potato. Who's in charge of it? You know, and, and is it really important? We'll be back with Gartner's Mike Ramsey after this. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. 
Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online. eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed-price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory, sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. As you were describing that, I I was thinking about... um you know, the role of a, a chief engineer or a, a vehicle line executive, uh, I think to use, uh, I think that was a, a term that GM used to use, you know, but it's somebody who's responsible for that vehicle or for, you know, again, for the, the drive, you know, the traditional customer experience, the, uh, you know, driving the car, owning the car, riding in the passenger seat, how do, how do all those things work? And do they, do they meet your expectations? Almost like we need somebody like that over the the digital process. Yeah, I will tell you that one of the things that it is probably going to happen, and I certainly have talked to some clients about this, um, and I apologize, I can't name clients. It's kind of against our rules, but but uh, I've, I've talked to some clients about that one of the transitions going on is, is going to be to start making groups in charge of experiences in the car and that they won't be in charge of widgets or features. So uh, to, to explain it better, just say, imagine like Mike Ramsey or Jamie Butters is the head of heating and cooling. And when I say heating and cooling, that means the experience of being heated or cooled across all vehicles so that it doesn't, it's not tied to an HVAC system that happens to be in a Jeep Wrangler or happens to be in you know, uh, a Subaru Outback. It's the, uh, you know, heating and cooling. So it kind of brings together software and hardware. And I'm responsible for, you know, making sure that's updated and continuing to work in both vehicles that are coming along and vehicles that are on the road. Uh, And that organizational change will fundamentally probably help, you know, change what we're talking about and make it better. Yeah, that's funny. That's an interesting example because, of course, you know, heating and cooling in a car now involves seat heaters and seat vents and heated steering wheels, uh, a lot more than than an HVAC system of ten or fifteen years ago. And not only that, but it's like it it, it could increasingly be as an electric vehicle comes along, you could be literally, you know, you have a heat pump um, or some other motor fan and like. It, the, the parts are going to be electronic. They're going to be controllable and adjustable through software. And I, I'm speculating a bit, but I suspect that much more than we've seen in current vehicles, you're going to see a lot of standardization across a ton of different 
cars where they're going to be using very similar hardware and that the differentiation is going to be mostly in, in the software. Interesting. Yeah, that'll be a, that will be a major transition. So you wrote that the customer experience needs less friction and more delight. Uh, the friction, how do, you, how do you measure that? Is it by how frequently the customer suddenly starts swearing? You know what? Friction is actually not super hard to measure. It's it, you can do very simple metrics like how many, um, you know, how many people download the app and actually use it. There's a number of people who fail, right? If they download the app and then never actually use it, then you clearly have created a lot of friction. It's too hard to sign into this. Right. Uh, and I don't want to name names, but I can think of a car company right now that we have in our we have this vehicle in our driveway and uh, it had a fatal flaw in that you ha- it comes with like a little tag with a pin number in, on it. And if you don't know that this tag is the thing you need to have in order to set up your connected vehicle, um, you might just get rid of it, which is what we did. And then no connected vehicle works, right? So that the that is a high friction situation that car companies should be avoiding. And one of the areas that came up in this uh, is that people got super frustrated when they had to re-sign in um, to the app. If you create systems where a tool requires you to you know, re-sign in every time you use it, you know, and I know uh, we're being in the media business or I formerly in the media business, if you have to sign into the newspaper every single time, or automotive news every single time you log in, you start to irritate your consumers, right? Um, so lowering friction is just like making, is the probably the shorter way is just saying making things easier, right? It, right. it shouldn't be hard to do. Okay. So how should a company go about finding the pain points that need fixing? Uh, it's not just when you, I mean, obviously the first one is, are you, are you logging on? Are you creating an account or whatever? But it's there, there are more steps than that in the, the ownership process, right? Yeah. I mean, the first thing that the car companies should be doing is mapping out how all these interactions work, right? Like I, almost all car companies do a, a customer journey map. It's not, it's not an uncommon thing. Like how would I go about downloading this app? How would I go about logging in? And um, what we suggest at Gartner is literally creating uh, not just a customer journey map, but also a um, activity system map, uh, which is how do all these things interact between our inside our organization, right? So how does uh, user experience interact with employee experience? And the employee experience might be literally the people who are designing the user experience and the user interface. Um, how does that, you know, how do, how do we actually get information from the consumer to that person? So creating a map of how all these dynamics work is really the first step to making sure that you don't have big point of failure like the one I'm talking about. And the other is to set metrics and say, we are not going to approve anything that isn't easy to use. Um, you know, I, I've talked to clients about this before is a you know, if you just were a CEO and you only had one metric, which was everything I do is set up to make everything easy, easy for my customers and easy for my employees. And that was the only metric that you measured yourself on. It probably would work well for you. 
um, you know, as a, as a way to, uh, you know, essentially create a good working environment, a successful company. And when it comes to user experience, consumer experience, that's definitely the top thing. Is it easy? And we actually have data that shows, at least for digital experience, the number one thing that creates loyalty and satisfaction is ease of use. And then the number two is that the product gets easier over time, meaning like there was maybe a little bit of friction at first, and, but you know, as you keep using it, the thing gets easier to use because you have some knowledge. And that would, should be what you do is make it easy to use and then make it easier to use over time. That sounds great. Well, that brings us to the end of our, our journey, Mike. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to join me here on Daily Drive. Thank you, Jamie. Enjoyed it. That's Daily Drive for July 9, 2021. For the latest news on the auto industry, type in autonews.com. And for a complete catalog of more than 300 interviews, go to autonews.com slash daily drive. Thanks for joining me and have a great weekend.